Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. All sorts of news for you today. Some debates as well. It's a heavy Grizz show, so I hope you're prepared. Welcome into Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. We got a new Lady Grizz head coach. Just broke the news about an hour ago on SkylineSportsMT.com. And the University of Montana confirmed the news here within the last hour as well. Brian Holsinger, the new head coach for the University of Montana women's basketball team. So we'll get the show started with that. We're going to continue our quarterback debate from yesterday. Uh, the Grizz have a couple of pretty good quarterbacks. One who's a redshirt senior, one who's a redshirt freshman. Who is the man to lead the Grizzlies into the fall? I'm not ready to anoint anybody yet, but I do think there's some good arguments on both sides of the hold on. Coin. Weren't, you, weren't you yesterday? I thought. Uh, hold on. I thought a little you were, bit, baby. You had that night. I mean, that big pot right in the middle here, <laughs> and you were stirring it a little bit. Talk radio, baby. That's, That's what right. we got to do. Right. As we're going to do each and every Tuesday for the rest of the summer, Matt Ellis will swing by as well. He's the vice president of the Missoula Paddleheads, so we'll talk minor league baseball, major league baseball. Uh, I got to get a couple. I got to get a reminder of a couple of his division picks because I'm putting him into a spreadsheet. We might have a little wager as well. Riley and I had a discussion yesterday about uh, the alignment of the big sky 
how it suits the league, particularly when it comes to football, and maybe how we would tweak it or fix it to make the Big Sky have a little bit more validity when it comes to uh, football and just across the board as well. And we're going to continue to talk about this new hire for sure. And then also, uh, this news has sort of gotten buried, and it's kind of unfortunate because Grizz football is always going to dominate the headlines, and that's awesome. It's awesome that the Grizz football team is back in action. And uh, obviously with this Brian Holzinger news, of uh, him being named the new University of Montana head women's basketball coach has sort of buried the news even further, but the University of Montana soccer team had a great win on Sunday. Uh, They bounced back from their first loss in years. Seriously, years. They had a 19-match winning streak dating all the way back to 2018 uh, where uh, that was snapped on Friday against Eastern Washington. They lost in overtime, but they bounced back with a big 3-1 win on Sunday And the women's soccer team from the University of Montana then takes the Northwestern Division top seed into this week's Big Sky uh, Tournament. It begins in Ogden, Utah on Thursday, 3 p.m. against Northern Colorado, an old nemesis because, as we know in soccer, oftentimes the best team doesn't always win, especially in tournament play. And Montana was the regular season champions in 2019 and lost on an overtime goal to Northern Colorado thwarting what would have been a second straight run to the NCAA tournament. But the the Grizz soccer team, honestly, in terms of the last three or four years, it's the best thing going at the University of Montana. They've been absolutely rolling. Chris chitavitsky has been awesome. Uh, he's really fun to talk to. His I think his uh, thoughts and philosophies on team building and culture building and just the development of young people are all amazing. Uh, he's a very interesting guy. So Chris Chitavitsky will join us about 5.30 uh, today as well. I talked to him earlier today before they went and got on the bus. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio. What's up, dude? What do you got on there? PGA? What is this? Little Harding Park? Harding Park, PGA nice, Championship. Nice. From my sister lives in the Bay Area. And oh, sweet. She actually, uh, it's a nice little Christmas gift. Oh, uh, not bad, nice. right? Yeah, I nice. know it's weird. Anytime I wear blue, it gets it gets noticed around the town for sure. Like, okay, hold on, hold on. Make sure there's... I, uh, I've, never, uh, I've never heard of Harding Park. It's a public course, believe it or not, in lower San Francisco. Really? It was great. That's when was the PGA Championship? More Cowell won it last year. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. So this Interesting. Is last year. So, you know, oh, just, just your average Tuesday, only the fourth head coach in the history of the Lady Grizz program gets announced, and we've got Grizz football to talk about. Chris Chitavitsky, and that guy never has an off switch. And I appreciate that about him, that he is always grinding or always just working one way or another. Guys, he's so passionate around the board. And it'd be great to talk to him because you're right, as far as sustained success, the last three years, Grizzly Soccer has that. And hopefully they can get it done this week. Soccer is so bizarre in the sense of one bounce, right? I mean, mm-hmm. They were so dominant all year long and one bounce in double overtime, uh, you know, and it could be something as, as much as the field could have a dip in it and someone could roll their ankle, have a breakaway and go the other way. It's just bizarre in that sense, but they have been so consistently great. Um, anytime we're talking baseball, I'm fired up. So, no, this is a, another great loaded show that we have for a Tuesday. I, I feel like that it's getting made up for a little bit from uh, the last year of it being so dormant. We've got so much to talk about. I talked with Bruce Barnum today for the Grizzly Coaches Show tomorrow. I know you're going to have him on the show tomorrow. So tomorrow on your Missoula Airwaves, you are going to have a steady dose of Bruce Barnum. And I promise, I went 17 minutes with him. I'd imagine you go around the same. All of it's entertaining. I, oh, I like so literally didn't. I, I didn't even want to stop the interview, and he would have went for day. He's <laughs> such a good dude, and this is what this game's all about. I hope people really embrace the next five days because this. I mean, this should be a celebration, and it's going to be a pretty good game. Two coaches that are into it. 
It deserves to have some spotlight. Uh, yeah, I'm so interested to see. He, he said, uh, you got to come see me because i got a present for you. And it Pretzels. Is, uh, it's got to be the dots. Right? <laughs> it's got to be the so, dots. He's yeah. probably got that picture. He's so proud of that when Cody Williams kicked the field goal to beat yeah, the Grays yeah, two years yeah. ago. He sent it to Coach Houck, and instead of the football going through the uprights, it was Dots Pretzels. Literally on the phone today, he was recapping it, going, oh, and I had you know three or four bags put on there, so it looks like a ghost. He's probably just got a copy of that for you. Uh, probably. By the way, I forgot to tell you, if you want to listen in, not on 1029 ESPN Missoula, or not watching SWX Montana TV, you want to watch on your mobile device, your streaming device, your iPad, whatever you might have, go to 102.90ESPN.com, click on the Listen Live tab, and you will find the stream. And if you want to give us a call, shoot us a text, participate in the show, 406-361-3688. That's 361-3688. A credit to all of our listeners. You listen when I call you out. I said to everybody, you guys are pathetic. Give me more entries for the painting. The painting's sweet. Well, Everybody performed. We got like 175 entries yesterday. So uh, good job by everybody out there. You want to know why? Because the Grizz cat <laughs> rivalry started. And that's guess right, what? That's that right, fires that's people right, up in that's April. Right, Love that's it. right. That's right. Oh, and the Grizz were playing too. So I know a lot of our loyal listeners were back, you know, listening for the good duration point. as well. But we will give away. If you're listening on the radio, we have a custom-made painting. Dave Dickinson, Don Reed, and Andy Larson at the base of Mount Sentinel commemorating Montana's 1995 National Championship victory over Marshall. And uh, if you're watching on TV, you can see the painting in all its glory. We'll give that away uh, during Friday's show, leading up to uh, the Portland State-Montana game. We don't have any time for that. News of the day. Brian Holsinger. Am I saying this right? Holsinger? Holsinger. 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 Okay. Brian Holsinger, the associate head coach at Oregon State no more, the new head coach for the University of Montana women's basketball team. This was the first national search uh, since Robin Selvig beat out Tara Vandeveer back in 1978. Amazing to think about any of that. Uh, I watched, I, I kind of thought that this was on the horizon because uh, the op- the uh, the late signing period begins on, I guess it would be Wednesday, is that right? No, I guess Thursday, the 15th, April 15th. Wednesday. Is it tomorrow? I, I think it is Maybe tomorrow. it's tomorrow. Okay, so I, I knew that the tomorrow. signing day was yeah. coming up and the dead period that's been like <laughs> dead for like a year is starting to come to a finish. So I figured that they were probably going to make a move. Uh, ran into Kent Housen, University of Montana Athletic Director. On Friday, he told me, you know, hey, it's coming along. Um, we're getting close. And so I figured it was kind of happening. So I watched the house that Rob built last night. Just just, just for fun. Perfect. You know, I would watched it before but I, I just watched it again and uh, so many different funny factors there but you know I become really enamored and, and sort of obsessed with coaching trees in recent years well you got some good and, ones to cover well no question but I think that it's funny when you think about all roads lead back to certain origin points and Tara Vanderveer at Stanford she was a finalist for Robin Selvig here at Montana back in 1978 could you imagine Amazing. I mean... Tara Vanderveer then went on to coach at Boise State and then Stanford. And she's been at Stanford for 35-plus years. She's won over 1,100 games. She's been to, I think, 14 Final Fours. She just won her third national championship. The most amazing part about the national championship was, though, that she's been to the Final Four, I think, eight times since her second national championship. A 30-year gap between national championships. You talk about records that are never going to be broken. There's never going to be a 30-year gap between national championships. And it wasn't just like lightning in a bottle because they were in the Final Four in the championship game many times between those two. But amazing to think. But one of Tara Vanderveer's great coaching tree um, limbs. Branches. uh, Branches. (laughs) Is uh, June Doherty, who then went on to coach at Boise State after Tara Vanderveer. And she was Trisha Bidford at Montana State's head coach when Trisha was in college. 
And then June Doherty went to uh, have pretty good success at Washington and then um, was out of the game for a minute and then went back to Washington State. But Brian Holsinger coached for June Doherty, so he's actually from the Tara Vanderveer coaching tree. So this all comes full circle some uh, 45 years later. But uh, we'll get into the details about Brian Holsinger. But, um, Riley, I covered this thing at, at Skyline Sports uh, pretty intrinsically, and uh, I was I – was, very impressed with the list of candidates. I thought there was some very uh, eye-opening names. Uh, we'll get into some of those a little later on. But I thought that the, from the moment I first made my initial, you know, could be prospect lists to then when I kind of had a, an idea of who maybe eight to ten of the the semifinalists will call them. I know they didn't really name semifinals or finalists in this position, but the people that were going to get serious interest to then the the uh, three people that they brought to campus, I was impressed the whole time. But I also thought that Holsinger was among the top, if not the top guy, the whole time. And I, and I think that that uh, shows that I think that he had a lot of different factors. He understands the region as the associate head coach at Oregon State, who's also been at Wazoo. I know he's got ties all over the region. I think he has family in Boise. I think he has family in Montana. He coached at Montana Tech for a couple seasons, as well as a head coach uh, for the Diggers. And so... Um, it just seemed like this is a, not only does he have an impressive resume being on a staff that's been to the, I think the sweet 16 four times in a row, but also, uh, it just seemed like a good fit. It seemed like he understands the fabric of Montana and it seemed like he, he would be able to absorb and acclimate into the Lady Grizz culture pretty easily. I, I think that's well said. And Brian Holsinger's list of uh, his resume is very impressive. I mean, and it, just felt time, right? That all the puzzle pieces were there. And for Brian Holsinger, this was the right opportunity for him because I think a big portion of this too, and the Lady Grizz have had such an identity and a fabric for so many years, right? That it's hard or it's a little bit scary at times to want to branch out or accept something a little bit new. And I think that that has become a process. And the last month has been extremely long it has seemed like for people that have been maybe on the inside and, and trying to go through the process of this but it was important to do it right and I think that at the end of the day they got someone that checked all the boxes I, I mean someone with recruiting connections too, Coulter and I think that's kind of where I'm going with maybe going a little bit outside the fabric for bringing in some new ideas and this is someone that's very well connected on the west coast that was a part of a rebuild of a program that maybe wasn't in the best of shape. And like you said, now the success has been pretty impressive. It's somewhere in Corvallis at Oregon State. He's got the Montana ties. He knows what Robin Selvig means to this place. I think everyone does. That That one, for all the finalists that they brought to campus, that box was already checked, sure. right? I mean, I, I we like saying it, and it's a nice padding to the resume, but everyone's going to have respect for Robin Selvig, including Brian Holsinger. He knew what he was getting into here. And I can just tell you, when he came on campus, he impressed a lot of people. He is charismatic. He is someone that is going to fit in well with Grizz Nation. I think going out on the GSA Spring Tour, he's someone that will fit in right away, and people will enjoy getting to talk to him and get to know him. He takes an interest in other people. Let's just say he feels like a Montana, and he fits in here, and I think that, um, that really the committee couldn't have went wrong with the final four that were all interviewed on campus last week, but uh, to me, I, I'm with you. I think Brian Holsinger was always a name that was in the top two or three, and you 
you can't fault the hire. In fact, I would praise the hire. I think it's a really good one. Uh, the finalists, we were able to confirm uh, that Brian Holsinger was uh, chosen over is the wrong way to say this. But uh, the other three people that are brought to camps, Jamie Carey, who is the associate head coach at North Texas, Mark Campbell, the associate head coach at Oregon, who has been uh, in the mix for not just this head coaching job, but several head coaching jobs around the country. So I think that the the prominence of his resume, uh, being on a staff that's won, I think, 30 games four years in a row at Oregon, uh, they've done pretty darn well there. Uh, Mark Campbell's a coveted commodity. He was definitely in the mix at Washington before they made their hire and and uh, definitely in the mix at Vanderbilt as well. And uh, then the fourth candidate, obviously Mike Petrino, who served as the interim head coach um, for the Lady Grizz. I, I have some, uh, a point to make about Holzinger, but I will say this about Coach Petrino. Uh, first of all, I have to say thank you for um, the time you gave us over the last year or so. It was fun getting to know Mike. I think he's a very good uh, person and also a really good basketball coach. And, uh, you know, I know he really wanted this job. And it, it was a tough situation for him. I mean, it was a no-win situation for the, the program as a whole because you, you cut ties with the greatest player in the history of the school and the most direct um, extension of the Robin Selvig era. And that's a, a really tough position to be in if you're, if you're Kent Haslam as well and the committee and anybody in the athletic department. And they made the move and they did not retain Shannon Schwain, but then because of circumstances completely beyond anybody's control – from a global pandemic to a university hiring freeze, all of these things, Mike Petrino valiantly took the interim head coaching job, and he had an uphill battle to fight. There's no question about it. I mean, they had massive roster attrition. He was basically trying to take a, a roster of seven players and turn it into 15. During a pandemic. W- during a pandemic when there's a dead period. So that's a horrible situation to be in. Uh, even with the uh, – we talked about this in Boise. And you, I thought this was a great hypothetical question that you posed. You said – well, I know we're gauging this Lady Grizz team through the expectations that exist at Montana always. And that's a great thing to have is those high expectations. And when you gauge it through those expectations, sixth place in the regular season and losing to the last place seed, uh, it's not good enough. But I think you posed a great hypothetical. You said, well, when you first saw the Lady Grizz practice, how many games did you think they were going to win? How many? What place did you think they were going to get? And I, my answer was, well, not sixth. You know, right. I didn't think they were going to finish in the top half of the league. Like nobody thought double digit wins. Exactly. Right. And so, so it was a, a good job by coach Petrino and I'm sure he will land on his feet. He's got a, a great resume, but I just wanted to say thanks to him just on a personal level because um, he, he's been very kind and gracious to us here. And, you know, I just think that there's always going to be quote unquote casualties in the coaching business, no matter what. And, uh, it's just a bummer that he kind of got wrapped up in the middle of this entire thing. I want to jump in as well. I mean, Mike Petrino is a, a close friend. He, him and I both came to Montana at the exact same time. So we're very tight to, uh, before it even started. So, I mean, thanks to Mike beyond what he did just in the last year. And he's just such a great person. And I think what he has done in this community and what he has done in the last year, my gosh. I, I, I truly mean this. This is not just words that you might see on a press release, but what he did for the Lady Grizz program to not make it a complete disaster after last year and to steady the ship, that deserves so much praise. And this is the impossible spot that I think that Kent Haslam was kind of in. It is. It's more of trying to look at the future, right? Because if you graded the coaching job that Mike Petrino and the staff did this last year 
unbelievable for the talent, the situation that they were in. But it, it was about the future, and that's, I think, what Kent had to decide, and the committee, for that matter, too, is, okay, in the next five years, who's the right person? And I, I'm glad I wasn't the one making that decision because that's tough, and I know that Mike was in it till the very end. But thank you, Mike, uh, for, for everything he did. Uh, he obviously will land on his feet no matter what he does. He's someone that's going to bring passion, energy, and is going to be successful. So him and his family will be just fine. They will be missed within the athletics department. I know that. And just an impossible situation. I think we both can take the journalist hat off and appreciate him as a person as we kind of dissect all angles of, of this situation as it's now played out. Nuanez now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me as he does each Monday and Tuesday here at ESPN Missoula. And uh, going back to uh, Holsinger and his is uh, sort of now the the transition that he will make. I find this dynamic so fascinating. Oregon State had uh, very little to no basketball women's basketball tradition to speak of uh, until Scott Ruick got there ten years ago, and he has gone from uh, turning Oregon State into a, a bottom half at best middling Pac-12 program to an absolute powerhouse. I mean, they've been in the NCAA tournament, I think, seven or eight years in a row. They made their first uh, Final Four run in school history the year before Holsinger got there, but then they've been to four Sweet 16s and an Elite Eight since then. Uh, They have been just dynamite in the Pac-12, and uh, they've been competitive in the Pac-12, which for a long time was a league that was almost solely dominated by Stanford. And so... uh, he goes from, but the Holsinger, he, he came into it in the midst of the rise, right? And now he inherits a program that's trying to reattain tradition, that's trying to reattain the prestige that it once knew. And so I'm so interested to see how that goes. Like, it, basically, to me, he came into a program that was trying to take the next step or, or meet this step and continue the, the sustained level of success. Now he's taken over a program that has decades and decades of history. And quite honestly, until the last couple of years, probably even a more fervent and passionate fan base than Oregon State could ever imagine. Oh, I think that's very valid. And you look at Oregon State, and you can dissect it into a couple of different angles, right? Because before this run, they made seven straight tournaments. Holstinger was a part of the last five. Before that run... They went 18 years between tournament appearances and only had five in school history before that. So, yes, Oregon State, but when Holsinger was there, they went from just making the tournament. His first year, they elevate to the Final Four, and they've kind of maintained from there. So, you can look at it a couple different ways. Yes, it wasn't a total rebuild by the time he got there, but he also was able to elevate a program. And I think even more so now, Coulter, and I think we've talked about this a lot, coaches can go so far as far as their ability and the impact they can have. But even more so, and I think with the situation the Lady Grizz are in right now, it's recruiting. And with the way the transfer portal, whether you like it or not, that's where you can get immediate help and immediate talent. And that can be something that that maybe Brian Holsinger can bring to it, a West Coast connection. Um, He's going to have a vision for this thing. All four of the finalists had to pretty much present their vision. So um, whatever Brian Holsinger has or or what he knows of this roster and bringing in, he knows kind of the challenges that are going up against it. And uh, 
he's well calculated with a plan. And I, but it is interesting, obviously, because it is. I would you consider this a total rebuild? Because I wouldn't. I would consider that Montana. The, yeah. No. I wouldn't either. And I, no. so you could maybe compare no, it to I the mean, situation no, oh, Oregon yeah. State he was in. Yeah, I mean, a rebuild is what Eastern Washington's going to have to do. Yes, I mean, they have, they have nine players in the transfer portal. Montana definitely has some roster holes to fill. Um, but they only graduate one senior in Maddie Schoening. They only have, to my knowledge, at least only one player transferring so far in Hannah Thurman. And, you know, maybe you do want to restructure or upgrade or, or whatever whatever word you want to use your roster. But it's hardly a rebuild when you have among the most talented players in the league to build around. And I still think, to to despite all of the adversity that she's gone through throughout her entire career, I still think Sophia Styles is an upper echelon player in the Big Sky Conference. And I think with the right coaching and another year of development, I think that Carmen G. Filler and Abby Anderson both have all-league talent. I mean, I think they, I think that they both have their ceiling is, is first-team all-league talent, and very few players have multiple players on their roster with first-team all-league potential. So I do think that the Lady Grizz uh, are in a, a pretty good spot, at least in terms of the, some of the building blocks that they have to start with. And what were we saying all year when we were kind of trying to break down the roster? Yes, the core is there, but it's the complementary pieces, right? They either missed in recruiting or the byproduct of the coaching situation. Well, I would think Brian Holsinger would keep the core together and build pieces around it that obviously Kent Haslam would think uh, could help the program right away. So, and we'll get into the dissecting of this tomorrow, I'm sure, on the show with you and Rainey and us next week. Just the the timeline of it all, one-year expectations, two, three, five, that'll be fun. But at least for right now on the surface, be interesting to see his plan, the the transfer route coming in. At least I do like the fact that he is coached in this state. That, that means so much, as we know. Montana Tech, for a couple years, he knows, at least geographically, where the hotbeds are at, where to go, state tournaments, just all of those little things that, you know, someone maybe from the outside of Montana or outside of the circle that someone would be hesitant about, I think he's kind of bridged the gap there. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. We're going to circle back around to this. By the way, a little PSA here. We usually do our Treasure State Stars presented by uh, Parkside Credit Union uh, on Tuesdays, but we are not going to do that today because I do want to continue to talk both about Lady Grizz basketball as well, as well as a couple of the football debates that spilled over from yesterday's show. But we got to take a break right now because Matt Ellis just walked in. He's the vice president of the Missoula Paddleheads, and uh, he will be joining us like he does each and every Tuesday during the 4 o'clock hour to talk all things baseball. We'll talk a little Major League Baseball. We'll talk a little Minor League Baseball. talk a little Independent League Baseball. Everything in between. Keep it right here. 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more.
My journalism school professors would have been very disappointed in that sports center only because we buried the lead. I recorded that earlier this afternoon. The news broke of the Lady Grizz hiring Brian Holsinger as their new head basketball coach just right before we went on the air here on Nuanez Now. So that is the news of the day, but also congratulations to the Montana soccer team as well. They will head to the Big Sky Conference Tournament Championship down in Ogden later this week, and that's definitely worth noting as well. And just some breaking news, Claire Howard named Big Sky Goalkeeper of the Year just a moment ago. Five Grizz voted all Big Sky. So good news there as well. for the All Grizz sorts side. of news all yeah. over the place. Of course, you know I got your transfer portal tracker. We're not going to ruin your day by talking too extensively. <laughs> Save that for segment but, uh, six, please. Yeah, right. Just, just a couple entries, uh, late late entries into the uh, NCAA transfer portal on the men's basketball side. For, first of all, the uh, something is happening. It's glitching. But regardless, we're not going to get into that. But Ma- Abdul Muhammad from Montana State, who's a fifth-year senior, he is into the portal. And Eddie Egan from the University of Montana is into the portal as well. So uh, the the marching line from Big Sky Conference men's basketball into the mysterious thing that is the portal. How many? What's the number? How many? Uh, the Big number State? is now at forty-six. Wow. From men's basketball in the Big Sky Conference just since the end of the tournament. So that that's wild. But we're going to talk about a sport that doesn't have a transfer portal. We're going to talk about some baseball. Matt Thank Ellis goodness. from the Missoula Paddleheads is here to join us. So we're going to be doing this during the four o'clock hour uh, each and every Tuesday. For the foreseeable future, probably all the way into September. So uh, this is great. I'm totally revitalizing my baseball love, despite uh, Sean Rainey actually crying on air over Fernando Tatis <laughs> Jr. last week. But I know I hate to rub it in, Sean, because it actually sucks for all of us. Because I mean, he's one of those guys where, like, you're a Dodger fan. You like he's sweet no matter what, right? Right. And I want him to be playing, so then you don't have to hear the excuse factory from Rainey when the Dodgers take sure. like, six well, of the next seven from him, right? There's mixed messages. They're saying he might come back. Sure. He might and be back this week. Back as, as a week. Oh See, I hope I hope so. But Me I also too. hope they I don't. Do I also hope they don't bring him back too soon either, right? I mean, it is a slippery slope. So, um, but Matt, let's start with the paddleheads because we talked a lot about sort of the logistics of what's going on sure. with the season. But I have I have a, so a lot of questions about just the way that you guys are going about building this roster. So first and foremost, start there because I think that every kid that likes baseball growing up, you know, yeah, fancy baseball before fancy baseball, right? You're making your dream team with your baseball cards or whatever, but now you're actually getting a chance to assemble a roster. So what's different about this than what you guys have been doing back in maybe the Osprey days? Well, the difference is we're actually the ones doing the the scouting and the recruiting and then the signing. Uh, the trading, we've made six trades. Um, and so it's on our shoulders versus the scouting department of the Diamondbacks and uh, player development for them. So that's been the major difference. And so my player development staff is no longer the Diamondbacks front office, but it's my co- manager, Michael Slack, uh, my player development con- uh, consultant, uh, George Horton, former University of Oregon head coach. Um, and then we've got uh, Bobby Brown and um, as our uh, hitting coach. And so the three of them... Uh, are my leads on this. Uh, they're the experts. Um, and uh, we consult on a daily and weekly basis to figure out what our roster is going to be. Hey, we talk about trades, and that's the new element to this this right. year. How, how have other GMs been? And what's the, the process been like? Because everyone's doing this for the first time. How receptive is everyone? Would you consider yourself maybe more aggressive than the rest? Kind of break it down for us. I Matt. think we're the most aggressive in the league. I mean, I think uh, Boise might argue with that. Uh, maybe Ogden. They're the, other, they're the other two teams that have been real aggressive. But we hired a... Uh, professional um, former player and manager and coach but who also had done a lot of independent ball Michael Schlack and Schlack has uh, got all the contacts in the business on the professional side so we've been kind of he's been working the phones and 
he's getting calls from his friends from the American Association and his time in the, in uh, in independent ball, and they're just saying, "Hey, I got this player. Um, he's not going to be able to play for us because of this situation. Are you interested?" And they don't want to release him into their league because then he gets picked up on waivers, and then they have to play against him. So Zach Allman was a great example. Zach, um, they they brought in a catcher that was formerly with a big league club, the older guy. Zach probably wasn't going to see this the the field as much as he, he should and they didn't want him in the league because they know he can hit and know he can play and so he knew he had ties to Missoula so they called us and we were like yeah we want Zach heck yeah so that was our first player out of the shoot and um, it was uh, it was good circumstances for us um, we're up to four former Osprey I think we've released two of them but we got two more to release here in the next week or two but so we're we're, we're working the phones we're also uh, my staff went through and looked at every guy that got released from major league teams during this cut down right Mm -hmm. because 80 to 100 players from each organization got released lost their job so we went through the whole list and said who's eligible and then of those people eligible who are we interested in and then we worked with michael and our team and they they said yes that guy and and so that's how we got a few of our of our players. Love the process. That's cool. It is cool. When you're determining who you're interested in, what are the factors that go into that? So there's a couple of things. One, it's the the quality of the player on the field and the quality of the player off the field. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons we enjoyed our time with the Diamondbacks was they did both of those as well pretty well. And we had very few problems with players. The you know, community loved our players. Um, we're going to up that a notch. I mean, we're going to continue to do that. Um, and we're going to make sure that we have quality people on and off the field. We want people that are um, that that can make the big leagues. We actually think you know this is an opportunity for them to, to continue their career. Um, so we want that guy who's got the talent to to uh, to grow and get better. Um, we look for guys who maybe have been in circumstances that, where they didn't get the opportunity they deserved, or where you know with with Shalak's pitching ability, he's seen some pitchers that he knows that if he worked with them, he has. He has a different plan for how they attack hitters and stuff, and so he thinks he can make them better, and we have confidence that he will. So that's kind of the, the things we look for. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Matt Ellis, vice president of the Missoula Paddleheads, joining Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, as well as me, Coulter Nuana, is here in studio. And when you talk about the fit portion of it, it's so fascinating because you know Riley and I cover so much college football, and we talk about the fit in recruiting with both the Bobcat and the Grizz head coaches. And you know, there's a lot of p- players that could play at the Big Sky Conference level that could fit in, uh, uh, you know, at those specific programs. But there's also factors where, you know, what what's a kid from Southern California going to think of Bozeman, Montana, when it's you know negative twenty? Obviously, you guys are a summer sport, so you don't have to worry about the weather element as much. But when you're thinking about like just the the personality fits. How are you dissecting that, and how does that go like kind of hand in hand with Missoula? Well, you know, Missoula is a great place, and actually, it's worked in our favor a ton because, um, and uh, this is sound a little egotistical, but you know, we got a good reputation in professional baseball for how we treat our players, how our community treats our players, the quality of our of our life here in Missoula, the quality of our ballpark and our facilities, our fan base is really strong. So we got a good reputation, and we got players wanting to come to Missoula, which is cool. Right, I, I'm sure the Grizz have the same situation. They got people that want to play here. It's just a great environment to be in, and so that, as from a recruiting angle, it's really been a huge benefit for us. Like we're competing against other leagues for the free agents, and and uh, Michael's. 
promoting Missoula first. I mean, we we actually have a whole PR campaign for these players. We Michael's armed with videos and flyovers of the ballpark and the river, and you know, we send them a whole. You know, when we got a guy we really want, we're sending him the package. We, we want him to sign. It's, so you know, it's a recruit. It's just like the Grizz. It's recruiting. That's awesome. I mean, seriously, that, that's a whole new element to this it thing. Is, why totally. I really think people. I mean, people that are still kind of warming up to the idea or just the change that that is big time, and that's a big reason why the Paddleheads organization right now can jump ahead of everyone else and it certainly seems like that before you guys take the field in late May for the first time and, and we all know we talk about the off the field mix all the time and being able to mesh with the community well a big part in how you guys can operate all year is because of host families and being able to step up to the plate and just the the bond that is there between the organization just talk about how big host families are and uh, the need for them I'm sure and especially um, what it can benefit and all of those things well we've got rules unfortunately in professional baseball and one of them in our league is a salary cap so I just can't provide housing for players unless it's a host family situation so the, otherwise they're on their own and um, so we're trying to get a host family for every player so they don't have that expense this summer and we all know how hard housing is right now in Missoula wow. it's gone through the roof getting an apartment for five months is really hard so we're, we're really trying to get all 25 players into a host family we've got uh, 10, 10 slots already uh, confirmed um, we are uh, promising our host families that we'll have our players vaccinated that will be COVID safe um, and um, we're expecting the host families to do the same and uh, we're going to it's it's going to be it's a rewarding experience and it's if and we're going to do it really well so that it's it's a good experience for both sides and uh, you know our players are mature they're going to be in their young 20s um, to mid 20s some younger guys but um you know they've been in professional baseball for two or three years for the most part and uh, i just think it's going to be a great experience uh for for the for the host family as well as our players so that's what we're looking for and they can just contact us and let us know and we'll get them in touch when it came to um the team coming together in for so many years you have the draft, and then everybody comes to Missoula, and, and not very long process in terms of getting to know each other, getting to know the manager, getting to know the coaches. A couple and, days, right? Right, I and mean, then and then you're out on the field, and I think it's so fascinating that you're kind of recruiting and and sending people videos about Missoula and selling them on Missoula, and they they want to come here because it seems completely different for than you know the 19 year old Dominican kid who just got drafted. And all of a sudden, bam, he's in Montana. And he might love it, but he's completely shocked for at least a week, right? So do you, do you expect the fact, do you expect like these guys to be more comfortable with their situations early in the season? Because it seemed yeah. like, seemed like in the past, like the first couple weeks was just kind of feeling it out. Like, where the hell am I? I think, What's going on? I think we talked about it last week. You know, they would send a flight to Spokane with both Hillsborough and Missoula, and they would split up in Spokane and get on a bus and come to either city that we had arranged and they had arranged. But we had guys switching teams on the plane here, you know? So, I mean, you just didn't know your roster until they actually got off the bus or the plane in Missoula, wherever, however they traveled here. And now we know them. I got 29 guys on a roster right now, and um, uh, we're already communicating with them. We're already working on, uh, you know, getting them acclimated to Missoula. Like I said, we've got some guys already familiar with Missoula. We got a lot of guys who played in our league at some point in their career already, so they know Missoula. Um, and uh, and they're all talking to each other now. They're all, you know, you know our, our Missoula guys are saying how great it is, and I'm sure they already know where they want to 
go have a good uh, drink after the game or a be- or a, a burger or wherever. So you know they're they're already exchanging notes. And what I like about it too is it's six weeks out, and that's what we'll be doing on this right. segment too. Is starting to get excited about the roster development. But I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Is there a timeline as far as okay, we want to get this many slots down by this date? Do you want to keep a couple open for late arrivals at the end? It, well, what's the thought at least as far as maybe the numbers, Matt, with roster construction as you get up to opening We're day? Getting really fine too now. We got our base of our team. Uh, it's pretty set. Um, right now we're just uh, trying to cherry pick the players that we think are are the the best of the best out there that aren't signed. Um, um, and we're working the phones on those guys if they're already within their team or however we're doing it. And then um, we've got about six more slots for invites to spring training and we'll have 35 guys here uh, for 25 slots to have the whole week to perform. And, um, you know, our goal is to make sure all 35 have a place to play at some point in that during that week, whether it's with us or somebody else, because we think the 35 we're going to have are going to be pretty good. In terms of international flavor, will the roster still have some international yeah, flavor? Um, I'm dealing with visas right now. Uh, actually, interesting. I've got this is one of my favorite parts. Is uh, you know, right. like the, the stories. Oh, I, I and, and I, you know, I, I used to when I worked for Matt way back in the day when I was a high school right. kid. I, I we were on the the I guess we call it the fun team back right. then. But we used to get to sit in the bullpen and listening to the oh, the yeah. Dominican guys trying to teach the American guys Spanish and vice versa, and like the guys learning how to speak English because of the country songs on the right. on the stereo right. stuff. I mean, it's just so funny. It's so, it's so awesome. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've got. I think I've got six visas right now. Um, uh, one that we're working on getting. Um, we've got a Canadian that we're trying to that we need to get figured out because he could be a star for us. And then, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to have an international flavor. And you know, we already announced Jose Reyes is coming back. He's one of them, uh, and uh, he's a fun player, not only on the field but off the field. So yeah, we're pretty we're pretty proud of the diversity of our roster so far. And when you look at just the roster construction, right between pitching depth, it's always something I'm curious about. I'm a pitching guy. I'm always as far as the plan during games, and this is getting way ahead, but just to give fans maybe uh, a taste of what the the behind the scenes is like as you guys plan it out, is it something where guys are going to be on pitch counts maybe throughout? I I know it was really restrictive as far as when the Diamondbacks had to control it, but are there going to be pitch counts ramping up? Is there a plan in place for that, or is it more just, hey, you're you're pitching until, obviously, the game situation presents itself. Well, you know, we have a two-way commitment to these players. One is to make sure that they have a career past us, and that includes being safe and making sure that their health is a priority. Um, and then number two, uh, to win. And uh, we're going to balance those two things, and we're going to balance them uh, in a way that the fans going to appreciate it more than what we had to do before. Like, we're, we are going to pitch it. We are going to pitch run. We are, we are going to hit and run. We are going to do things that the baseball game dictates because um, we want to win. Um, and we will do lefty-righty matchups, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, which we didn't necessarily do with the Diamondbacks because that wasn't the it was, the goal was to see how guys did in different situations. And um, there wasn't – there was years where they wouldn't pitch it at all. So um, you're not going to see that. So you're going to see us put the best guys on the field to win the game. But at the same time, we're not going to make a guy throw 150 pitches and and blow out his arm. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be a, a team and we're gonna do it right. The true baseball purists are going to love that because no it's question. actual situational strategic baseball. I know whether I'm calling the game or watching the game, I appreciate that so much more. And I don't mean it like 
to compare it to years of the past, but that's real baseball, going back right. and forth and doing that. And to me, that's refreshing to hear that. And I think that a lot of fans out there will appreciate that too when they come to the game. I, mean, I think it's going to be more major league-ish. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the major leagues have pulled back. I mean, back in the day, guys would go out and throw 10 innings, oh, yeah. right? Um, they would throw 300 innings in a year. I mean, uh, it was crazy. So we're we're not that anymore. Um, you know, I, I see our guys going out, and uh, they're going to have to ramp up at the beginning of the year. Uh, some of them haven't played in a competitive game and so because of COVID in over a year. So, um, you know, we're going to have to do it right. But especially on the pitching side, I can see us, I can see some complete games happening as the season goes on, as long as their pitch counts, you know, manageable. They're not all over the place. But I can see guys going 80 pitches, you know, in a game. It's perfect. We'll be having to go through the record book to, uh, to see the last complete right? game. I mean, seriously, <laughs> when was the last complete game in Pioneer League Baseball or yeah. in the record books? So we had one... Uh, it was a economical one. It was amazing. It was like it was like seventy seven pitches. Oh wow, oh, man! And, uh, Perfect storm. Not too long ago, but um, yeah, it's unless you had a doubleheader, it was hard to get a complete game in our league. See the North Texas softball pitcher who struck out eighteen yeah. straight. Perfect game, all strikeouts. That's insane. It's insane. That's yeah, it was twenty one. Twenty one, right? Right, because it's a, right, right, because yeah. it's a seven. Yeah, I'm unbelievable. Matt Ellis, Vice President of the Missoula Paddlers, joins us. We'll do this each and every Tuesday during the four o'clock hour. Matt, this is awesome. We're happy uh, for all Appreciate of this, it. and uh, we're building momentum towards the season. But thanks for stopping by. <laughs> thanks for having me. Nuana is now 1290 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana. Lady Grizz got a new head coach. The Grizz might have a quarterback controversy. All that and more right after this. Keep it right here, 1290 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Montana. Hope you're having a great Tuesday. The weather's kind of a tease. It, it like, looks like it's nicer outside. It's not. And I equate everything right now, as you do, to golf weather. No if question. it's golf weather or is it not golf weather? No question. So. Nuana is now 1290 ESPN Missoula Statewide TV, SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuana is Riley Corcoran, bringing you all the best sports talk around the great state of Montana. If you hadn't heard, Lady Grizz hired a new coach. Uh, news hit, oh, just, I don't know, about an hour and a half ago. Uh, Brian Holsinger, the associate head coach at Oregon State, will join the uh, University of Montana Athletic Department as its newest women's basketball coach. So a couple more things to mention here. Here's a little, just a brief breakdown of Holsinger. He played basketball at Pacific. First of all, he's from Federal Way right outside of Seattle. Played basketball at Pacific for a couple years and then finished his career at Western Washington, uh, which means, I believe, that he played for Bruce Jackson because Bruce Jackson was, has been the head coach at Western for a long time. He might have, Bruce Jackson might have not quite been there yet. Regardless, what I'm getting at is that Western Washington has great basketball tradition. It's a uh, 
D2 school, but the, I, I covered that Central Western, Central Washington, Western Washington rivalry, and uh, it's a really good one. It's really high-quality basketball. They get a lot of, of uh, Pacific Northwest guys that are drop-downs. It's very similar to Central Washington football. So uh, I imagine Brian Holsinger was a good ball player back in his day. Then he was uh, a coach at the NAIA level at uh, the Masters College uh, in California. And then he became, he got his first head coaching job at Montana Tech, 2005 through 2007. And at Tech, he uh, helped orchestrate one of the great turnarounds in the history of the program. I think they went from uh, a single-digit win team to a 16-win team. I think he got them ranked in the top 25 for the first time in a really long time. And they got that program kind of turned around. And then he joined June Doherty's staff at Washington State. They made the WNIT in 2014, which was their first postseason appearance since 1991. So a good turnaround there. And then he joined Scott Ruick's staff at uh, Oregon State. And I also find it fascinating that this Oregon State staff uh, has so much um, interest in the Western United States because uh, Jonas Chatterin, who's uh, also on the staff, he was in the mix for the Lady Grizz for a moment. I'm also hearing that he's in the mix at Portland State and Sacramento State in the Big Sky Conference. Uh, and then Katie Baker, now Katie Faulkner, who was the, um, I believe, 2013 or maybe 2014 Big Sky MVP. Regardless, I think I remember definitively that she was the ninth Lady Grizz to win Big Sky MVP when she won it. Uh, native of Coeur Idaho, she was also uh, in the mix for this job as well. Obviously, her alma mater. And uh, I, I expect Katie Baker, Katie Faulkner now, her name to be circulated for uh, in, in upcoming years, too, because she's very young. She's only, yeah, probably only, I don't know, she's probably only 30 right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, cer- certainly an up-and-comer. Yeah, d- definitely an up-and-comer. So uh, I guess the point of that is to say that uh, Scott Ruick has made great waves in the women's basketball game. He has penetrated what was seemed like an impenetrable um, area in the fact that with the with the prestige of Stanford, the tradition of Stanford, the consistent success of Washington, and then the the never-ending money train that is Oregon, like when Oregon when they get when they get certain programs going, and then they say, okay, well, where's what, what's not going? Okay, we're going to go in on that, and then they just throw all the money in the world at it, and they go from. Well, I mean, women's basketball was fine there, and, to, and then it, all of a sudden it was just when boom. they hired Kelly Graves, it was game over. Right. They decided to put put in all their resources and. I think other programs took note of it. Hey, you put resources sure. in, you make a pretty decent head coaching hire that's a splash that's connected within the region. Good things can happen, and Oregon and Oregon State, for that matter, are great examples of that. Totally. I just think that Ruick deserves so much credit. Ruick and his staff, including Holsinger, deserve so much credit because uh, it was more of an uphill battle for them than anyone else only because of the recruiting territory and the funding. I mean, they don't have funding like Stanford, Washington, Oregon. No. Those are the three most funded programs or athletic departments on the West Coast. Way harder to do it in Corvallis. And I think for anyone that knows the Pac-12 landscape, I truly would put Pullman, Washington, and Corvallis, Oregon is the two hardest places to win and recruit to in the Pac-12. So when you do it, it's even more successful. I'll go on a half tangent. I mean, when I was in school at Washington State, Tony Bennett led that team to a top five ranking. Like what? When when Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook playing for UCLA, James Harden at Arizona State, the Lopez twins at Stanford, the Pac-12 was loaded and Washington State was top five. And I... When you have special coaches and special runs, I think that like Oregon State and Washington State deserve to be in the same category. And even the further the point more that what Oregon State is doing, something's working. And to get a piece of that, that's what it's all about, I think, in the, in the coaching ranks. I would honestly argue that Oregon State's even harder to recruit to than Wazoo, only because Wazoo has a little bit of uphill battle because it's all in the Palouse. It's, uh, be they, careful now. They, they be careful. There hasn't been... There hasn't been uh, there hasn't been long-standing tradition in very many of the most visible sports there. 
But I also think that it's just always going to be intrinsically be harder to recruit, particularly when it comes to basketball, to STEM schools. I mean, Oregon State's an engineering school. It's and and it, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that. But I think that with the fact that, and I'm not saying that you can't recruit smart academically capable kids to college basketball teams, you can. Oregon State just has such an uphill battle because they are a STEM school that's science-based, engineering-based, that's also in the most prestigious academic conference in the country besides the Ivy League, right? Right. Because a lot of the kids that they might be recruiting will, you know, like Montana State has this advantage in the big sky where, okay, you can't recruit certain kids because they can't, they're not going to be able to, to succeed at Montana State. But you're also only recruiting against Idaho in terms of like an engineering program. Whereas at Oregon State, well, okay, you got the smart kid that maybe might be in the mix. Well, Stanford can come grab them instantly. Or Washington, you know, the academic prestige. Oregon State's hard, challenging, hard to keep your kids eligible, but also it's hard because of the competition within your conference. And I think this, it goes back to it. At the end of the day, how do you bridge the gap? You get good players. And I'll, I'll even give Arizona an example. Arizona women's basketball is a great example of this. They were the doormat of the Pac-12. They hire Adia Barnes. Yep. But what does she do? She brings in Ari McDonald from Washington. Yep. So that literally changed the course of two programs. Washington was really proud, really good with Kelsey Plum, Mike Neighbors era. They played Montana State in the tournament. They went down to the worst team in the Pac-12. Arizona? They're on cloud nine right now. They are a top 10 program, and they only seem to be going higher. What I'm saying is you hire a head coach that can bring in a couple players to just change the narrative or the culture right away a little bit, and maybe just to elevate the program. Maybe someone that is like an Ahmad Rory on the men's team that is more talented than the the play. So what I'm saying is the recruiting connection that Brian Holsinger and Oregon State has, because for them to bridge the gap, they've had to get – awesome players in there. So they recruit very well, yeah. and I think the same formula can be worked here. So that's my last question on this before we move on uh, to some football talk for hour number two here on Nuanas now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula. That, I think that identif- I think that almost every place in Division One college athletics has intrinsic advantages and intrinsic disadvantages. You're not going to change the weather in Montana. So this is what it is, right? And we talked about that with Matt Ellis from Missoula Paddleheads earlier. You know, a lot of times when the football teams are recruiting, you know, can this kid survive winter in Montana? I mean, is he going to be mad and go home because it's negative 20 or is he going to be able to handle it? Whatever. I mean, it's it's a box that you check regardless. But I do think that there's intrinsic advantages and intrinsic disadvantages. I've always thought this, like, with the Portland uh, job being open, the, the Portland men's basketball, University of Portland, that is, you know, all you have to really do is get that uh, that city that in that the player from the city who's maybe above the level to not go to Oregon. You just got to you got to sell the guy. You got to get your Anthony Edwards like Tom Crean did down at Georgia, right? You just got to get the kid from Atlanta to stay at Georgia, right? You just got to get the kid from Lincoln High School who's got offers to Duke. You got to get the Terrence Jones or the Terrence Ross to stay at University of Portland and help you turn it around. What is that at Montana though? Because Montana. Under Robin Selvig certainly emphasized the advantages that they had, whether it was raw but high upside talent that comes from in-state or it was talent like the Shannon Cates of the world who 
probably would have gotten recruited, or I mean, probably could have gone anywhere they wanted, but came to Montana because they wanted to play for the Lady Grizz. But what is the advantage now? Because this is the first time we ever had somebody from, quote-unquote, outside of the family that's leading the Lady Grizz program. I think it's the million-dollar question coming into this, is where do you want to extend your branches? And I think that... It's fitting that you watched the house that Rob built last night because the formula that he had was utterly amazing. And will it be duplicated again? Never. Never. So, although there always needs to be a Montana presence. Sure. You always need to have that. So, obviously, the the Montana Gatorade Players of the Year, don't let them leave the state. That's important. But I think it's even more important to extend your wings a little bit and to go outside the box and to recognize that we need to evolve a little bit as a program. How to do that? Maybe we go outside the box and get go to the transfer route. Maybe we go down and extend to California and obviously Washington, Oregon. The connections are going to be there from Holsinger, but maybe internationally. You, you, you take a little bit of a leap. I think that the identity needs to stay the same. Montana identity for sure, but the days of having 80% Montana players and winning... I think are very highly unlikely at this point. I'm curious what you think of it too. I mean, obviously the the, the best players in Montana can stay and win here, but yeah. also to extend the branches, I think is necessary. Well, I think the initially uh, there's a difference between what you're going to do initially, where you're going to do long term. I do think that uh, the 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 fact that girls from in state are going to want to be here and likely want to stay here. Gives you an advantage in terms of long-term development. I don't think they're going to be the answer right away, but that's what Robin Suffolk was so good was he was bringing in girls that fit the program, and it didn't matter if they were good enough to play until year three because then he's going to make them good enough to play by year three because that he was so good at developing them. And even if they didn't become all Big Sky players, they could still fit into the rotation or fit into the fabric of the team. I also think that you know the Montana the Montana native thing always gets a little overplayed for both the Bobcats and the Grizzlies. People love rooting on our fellow Montanans, no question. But I think sometimes it gets force-fed a little bit just because the in-state recruiting battle and all those things, uh, it's such a a point of conversation, a point of contention. Well, it's a trickle-down effect from football. It is, but the thing about women's basketball is you don't have to force it in women's basketball nearly as much because there are 10 to 12 Division I girls in the state of Montana every, not every year, but every like recruiting cycle. For for sure. There's way more of them. But the other thing I think that is an underrated portion of this now is that Robin Selvig's imprint is from from east to west, north to south, and everywhere in between on this state because so many of these of his former players are now old enough to either have daughters or be coaching or both, right? And so right. then now the, the coaching and the culture and all that sort of stuff, it, 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 it manifests itself because it, it, it's been around the state for so long already. And I will just throw, that out, throw this out there because I think you know the answer to this. How many Montana natives did Montana State have on their roster this year? Uh, Cole Badbear from Billings Senior, and uh, I believe that's actually it. That would be it. That's so, it. So just one. And right. so what I'm saying is you can still have success and rally around a group when you don't have eight Montana kids on the roster. And I'm from Billings. I'm a Montana native. I want that, obviously. But at the same time, you have to recognize that you kind of go have to go outside the box. What did Montana State do as a program? They evolved. They went the Midwest recruiting sure. connection. Guess what? It has played its course now. Brian Holsinger is going to have two different areas of attack here. Number one, to maybe get some more immediate players to bring the level of program up right now, but also to have the player development. And that's something I can't wait till we get a chat with them maybe for the first time and talk about the plan there for player development. Because you, you better be rest assured he's got his eye on a couple maybe freshmen, sophomores that – 
can take that Robin Silva route where they're going to be here two years and then be ready to go as a junior. Well, and and honestly, the player development route has sort of gone by the wayside in the big sky after Coach Silva retired, too, because this league, for whatever reason, you can be, and very consistently over the last five years, there has been multiple all-conference-type players that are freshmen. I mean, we've seen multiple freshmen come in and be not just like good for a freshman, but like one of the. I mean, Darren White and Darren Beyond, White. Darren White and Beyonce B were at, you know at Montana State and, and Idaho respectively. Those two were both All Conference players right away. I mean, they were top fifteen players in the league day one. I mean, Michaela Ferenz was she was one of the top ten players in the league the day she stepped on Idaho's campus. I mean, she was the Big Sky Tournament MVP as a freshman. So you can get those those types as well. Um, and then, then the developmental angle is even more interesting because they can have, reach such a high level. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you. Nuana is now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV, all football all the time. How do you fix the big sky? What's the Grizz answer at quarterback? What do we think of Portland State as they come to Missoula? And then the other football, the real football, Chris Chitavitsky from the Montana soccer team, all right here, 10290 ESPN Missoula. Don't change the dial. Back after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here. And if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org. Or of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.